Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kinda whatever. Mainly we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Hello, Holden. I would like to play a game. You know, if this was a Scream movie, we'd both have to be the killers, right? That's true. That's true. Because we're both movie fans, and like modern day, the modern twist is that it's podcasts. Oh and yeah. So uh, we have the podcast. So we would be, we would be the perfect suspects for a screen movie, honestly. Yeah, we're we're stab podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> We've got a great episode for you this week featuring, obviously, our review of the new Scream movie, essentially Scream 5, and uh, also the Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 3? I think it's the third one, I can't remember. Yes, it's been three episodes, hold on, it is difficult to count once you get past two, but it is the third one. (laughs) Okay. That one movie podcast. Tomp. But first, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Oh, yes, we do, Holden. I'm excited to review our Tom this week. The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. Yeah. Uh, Tom's is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. This week, Holden, and I'm going to say this should be just the last week because, frankly, we're running out of Toms. Uh, (laughs) Tom Felton, Draco Malfoy. Okay. I give him a Brokaw. Sure, why not? I guess he did... Uh, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good good convo. I mean, he's yeah, he's good Draco Malfoy. Uh, he's in the Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Those are like the only two things I know him in. So uh, yeah, good on him, Brokaw. Good on him for making a career out of basically one movie. Yeah. Franchise. <laughs> so good for him. Yeah. Brokaw, him. Tom Felton. On to the actual news, Holden. What do we got? Okay, so... I did not know this until I was like until I was looking up news for this week. But did you know the Golden Globes happened? No, I had no idea. Yeah, the Golden Globes happened. I thought they were like not happening anymore or something because I thought there was like a whole controversy with Hollywood press or something. I don't know. Yeah, didn't didn't some people just say yeah? Didn't they boycott it last? Well, something happened last year, right? I yeah, crazy? I thought I thought they were like they'd canceled it, but maybe they canceled like they just canceled like a like a television thing, because evidently they still happened. I I have a list of of winners here. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff won this year. I don't know how. I mean, as if anybody really cares. No, no. It's like a participation trophy. It's it like really congratulations. Is. Here's your Golden Globe. It's always part of that conversation of like, well, if these won the Golden Globes, then they might win the Oscars. But there's like no science behind it. I always see like articles predicting that stuff. And I'm like, ah, okay. Congratulations. You might be slightly more likely to win an award that people actually care about, but still is pretty arbitrary. Exactly. Good, 
good way of putting it. Um, but I'll just kind of cover some of the bigger awards here. Um, so for best motion picture drama, uh, Power of the Dog won. It was up against Belfast, Dune, King Richard, and Coda. Nice. So, well, do you, do you think that's good? Yeah, I mean, it's a good I movie. Think- I thought it was really good. Uh, best Picture Musical or Comedy uh, was West Side Story. It won against uh, Serrano, Don't Look Up, Licorice Pizza, and Tick, Tick, Boom. I didn't see Tick, Tick, Boom, but sure. Yeah, good win. Uh, best Performance by an Actor in a Drama, uh, Will Smith from King Richard. Did you ever watch that? I did not see King Richard. And I think by the time I was like, oh, maybe I should watch it, it had left HBO. So. Oh, okay. I heard it was uh, very, very good. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, best performance by an actress in a drama: uh, Nicole Kidman and Being the Ricardos. All right, yeah. that movie that nobody watched. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other nominees for this one, I I know Lady Gaga and House of Gucci and Kristen Stewart and Spencer, but is the Lost Daughter is that on Netflix? Lost Daughter. I have. I don't know that one. Okay, Olivia Coleman was nominated for that, and Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which I think I heard of briefly. I don't know. I felt like it was a weaker year. Uh, best for performance best. by an act. I I was just gonna say I thought it was a weaker year for Best Actress, or I just I hadn't seen Spencer, so I just I don't know. I like I yeah I, I guess no none ca- none instantly came to mind. I guess yeah. Me. Well, even for actor, um, I mean Benedict Cumberbatch and Power of the Dog is I guess the one I would think of. But I'm trying to think of other ones. I don't know. Yeah, no, you. I agree. Uh, best performance by an actor in a comedy uh, is it's it was Andrew Garfield for Tick Tick Boom up against Leo for Don't Look Up, Peter Dinklage, Serrano, Cooper Hoffman, Licorice Pizza, and Anthony Ramos in In the Heights. Yeah, Tick Tick Boom. Someone from In the Heights was nominated for an acting award. I guess. <laughs> I just think that's kind of funny. Um, I mean, it's like it was a good movie. Just it's fine. <laughs> it's I wouldn't. I didn't anticipate anybody from that movie being up for an award. That's true. For their acting. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Weak year for acting. Hollywood. Why don't you learn how to act? Get your acting together. Am I right? Yeah. Andrew Garfield was really good in Tick, Tick, Boom, though, so I'm glad he won that. Um, yes. For Best Actress in a Comedy Musical, um, Rachel Zegler from West Side Story uh, up against Marion Cotillard and Annette, uh, Alana Haim, A Licorice Pizza, Jennifer Lawrence, Don't Look Up, and Emma Stone and Cruella. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, like we said, weak year for acting. <laughs> and then... Um, I'll just I'll just finish off the movie ones. I won't go into TV. Uh, best director uh, went to Jane Campion. I th- I don't know if that's how you say her name for Power of the Dog. Yep. Up against Pr- Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Maggie Gyllenhaal for The Last Daughter, Steven Spielberg, West Side Story, Denis Villeneuve, Dune. Yeah, I think that's right. Jane Campion. It was very yeah. well directed. It was. So yeah. I would say that. Yes. Uh, b- yeah. Uh, best supporting actor overall. Uh, Cody Smith McPhee for Power of the Dog. He was the kid. Yep. Um, ben Affleck, and it was up against Ben Affleck in The Tender Bar, which I've never heard of. Jamie Dornan, Belfast. Uh, Siren Hines, the grandpa from Belfast. Uh, Troy Kotzer and Coda. But yeah, yeah, he's very good. Power of the yeah. Dog. 
I loved Mance Raider in Belfast. You know me. Yeah, he was. It was great. Uh, and then Best Supporting Actress uh, went to Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, which is Maria's sister. Or no, no, sister-in-law. Yeah, because she had the brother. Yeah. Um, and then up against Kirsten Dunst, Power of the Dog. I'm not going to say this right, but I do Algene Ellis for King Richard, uh, Ruth Nega for Passing, and Kytronia Balf for Belfast. That's a bunch of names I do not know how to say. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, good for all these people to be nominated and win awards that nobody cares about. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's really funny. Like, I legit had no idea that the Golden Globes happened. Not that I really care usually anyway, but usually there's a bit more of a hubbub. Yeah, nope. Nobody said anything. Uh, Golden Globes, Bergeron. Golden Globes, Bombadil. Who cares? <laughs> okay. Quit having them. Seriously, they are, they're just the Oscars that nobody cares about. So it's why true. do we even do it's them? It's true. Yeah, we don't need them anymore. Get right so musicals can win awards? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I do. I I like the idea of splitting up dramas and musical comedies because usually dramas are what win the best picture Oscar anyway. And so you get you get a little bit more recognition there. But that's like the only thing they're good for. You know what's the big my big thing? But yeah, next piece of news. um, We it's okay, Holden. It's not like I'm trying. Holden, I'm trying to say something. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, you were you were uh, you were. jittery on my end i apologize i thought you were just waiting for me to say something (laughs) no i was not Um, okay say what you're saying all right i would like to say that my biggest issue with both of the movie awards right now is that there's not an award that recognizes stunt people because that is ridiculous absolutely ridiculous that stunt work is not noticed in these awards i just want to say that um so that's really stupid i totally agree and it needs to happen because stunt people are very integral to a lot of the movies we enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there make it go. happen, Hollywood. Now you can talk again. Okay. Uh, next piece of news. Uh, did you see the uh, Batgirl costume? Nope. Okay. It, they, I think the lead actress from the Batgirl movie released a photo of the costume. And people online are upset because they say it looks like cosplay or something out of one of the cw shows I will look um but appa- but apparently it's based on the uh 2014 new 52 reboot costume uh, i don't know did you did you pull it up i'm pulling it up batgirl costume um it looks fine yeah i think it looks okay i think it's just like the lighting is kind of weird and so it does i get like the cw show kind of vibe from it but i think it's just the lighting i think the costume looks okay it there's really it's just like a jacket (laughs) yeah it is (laughs) it's just a jacket and pants so i don't know i guess if people are expecting something more armored i don't know i think it's fine yeah get over yourselves uh Bergeron I'm just confused as to why her shadow doesn't show her hair really very well does I'm looking at this <laughs> I guess it's I like her hair that. does not exist it's just like they edited the shadow to make it look just like it's Batman 
Um, hmm. But it looks fine. And saying it looks like cosplay, everything looks like cosplay because cosplay looks ridiculously good nowadays. So I don't know. Yeah, cosplay can be very, very good. So yeah, get over yourselves. Yeah, Bergeron, Bergeron for me. <laughs> um, then the Last of Us show had a bit of an update. Uh, we we had a new casting. Uh, Storm Reed was confirmed to play Riley. Um, Riley is the character from the Left Behind expansion for the original Last of Us, who's Ellie's friend. Um, Storm Reed, uh, you probably know her or maybe remember her. She was Idris Elba's daughter briefly in the Suicide Squad. <laughs> She was in that, uh, but she is also in the Wrinkle in Time movie. She's the main character in that. I mostly know her. She's uh, Zendaya's sister in Euphoria. She's very good in that show. Um, nice. Great. Sounds good. Brokaw for me. Yeah. Brokaw. I'm guessing she's not going to have a very big role. No, probably she's not. She's just being added now. Maybe it's like a little tease for the second season or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it also could be that they it's just, just had a flashback yeah yeah that too um this was very surprising this week so hell or high water we both like that movie good movie Mm -hmm. uh it's being made into a tv show apparently um uh jessica mecklenburg is set as the screenwriter for it she's one of the stranger things writers and it was the writer for that new hulu series dope sick which i never watched but i heard it was good I don't know. Um, the produce the original producers of the movie are returning, and the premise is this: when a ruthless oil tycoon attempts to plunder a West Texas ranching community, two local brothers dodge a zealous Texas ranger and fight to keep what's theirs, one bank robbery at a time. Come hell or high water. There you go. They set the name of the show in the synopsis. Yep. Um. I don't know. I thought that movie was really good. I don't think you really need a series of it. I probably won't watch this, so I'm going to go Bergeron. I will. I guess it depends on what network it's on. I didn't see, like, who was doing it and if it's any good. I mean, if it's just, like, if it's, like, Taylor Sheridan's writing Yellowstone, right? Like, I don't, like, that show's supposed to be good, but I just don't care about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it, it'll have to, like, really stand out for me to be interested i agree um so yeah i'll go bergeron for that um jimmy have you i can't remember have you ever seen the raid i have not seen the raid what is that even about that's like the it's one of those i can't remember if it came out 20 it was like 2012 2013 something like that but it was like one of the forerunners of like the modern just like action revival where it's like the focus is on like choreography and like really good choreography and martial arts and stuff it's supposed to be really really good and i think there's a sequel too i've never I've seen not, it i have not seen it but it sounds cool yeah oh 2011 okay um but it's apparently getting a remake or, as they said, reimagining for Netflix. Uh, the original director, Gareth Evans, is going to be back as producer alongside uh, Michael Bay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and it's going to be directed by Patrick Hughes, who's the guy between your favorite Hitman's Bodyguard films. Oh, my. Well, I've only seen the first one, to be fair. But uh, yeah, I, hate that I can't imagine the second one's any better, though. That's another just also Ryan Reynolds, but just a 
movie like free guy well, i was like how in anybody in their right mind how do they like this movie like i just can't <laughs> comprehend how people like those movies um and uh yeah so um i don't care i don't care olden bergeron yeah i'll give it a bombadil just because of the because of michael bay even if Michael Bay's producer, it, the movie does not typically end up very good. I can't think of a good Michael Bay produced movie. I, I could know. be. I wrong, don't though. think like Bay, Michael Bay is a good time if he can just keep it in the pocket. But as soon as he tries to take himself seriously, is when I have the problem with him. Well, yeah, but I feel like that's too often. Like I can't. I, oh I, yeah, most, I agree. <laughs> um. Anyway, my last piece of news that I have uh, is that apparently Disney Plus is doing a, a TV show of the Santa Claus, the Tim Allen movie. <laughs> and it's a sequel series to the Tim Allen uh, classic trilogy of Christmas films. Uh, production is going to start in March and it's going to follow Tim Allen's Santa Claus trying to find a successor. Bombadil. <laughs> have you ever seen the santa claus movie? i've seen them all i <laughs> not any of them in 10 years yeah i saw the third one in theaters and my mom does not remember my mom swears she did not go with me to that movie but i know for a fact she did <laughs> so occasionally like well, like if it somehow like we just think about tim allen i'll like bring that up and she swears up and down she did not take me to that movie but she definitely did why, I just why is she so adamant that she didn't? I don't because she like hates Tim Allen, so she's like, I would never take you to that movie because I would never go. <laughs> like, um, the, I just remember about that movie is like all the uh, the marketing was like Santa versus Jack Frost or whatever, and then yeah. I get there and I'm disappointed that it's like a courtroom drama. I was like, I wanted like a Santa versus Jack Frost fight. That's what I went to the movie for. <laughs> don't know um, why i thought that's what i'd get anyway uh yeah bombadil from me yeah thank you is that what uh, we got do you have this anything week? jimmy i don't have anything do you have any no i do not hold and you need to fix your internet connection that's my news for you i know you're jittering on my end so there we go we can move on holden to to book a boba yeah evidently um yeah, I think that's it. We can get on to Book of Boba Fett. How about? <laughs> oh, you definitely just heard all my stuff way later than I said it. So hopefully yeah. that gets resolved. <laughs> all right. Sweet. Book of Boba Fett, episode three. Right, Jimmy? That's the right one? Yes. Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Okay. Um, I watched this on wednesday oh this is gonna be full spoilers by the way i watched this on wednesday um and i hardly remember anything i had to skim through it before we recorded this episode um but what did you think of it jimmy i thought this episode was back to being bad um, I don't know if that's just because Robert Rodriguez directed it again and he directed the first episode, but boy, I think these are horribly directed, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I think they are very badly acted. I think the editing is terrible, and all the action sequences are so mediocre and generic. I I was just like, this is 
a glorified CW show at this point, honestly. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, this, I mean, if I'm being honest, though, I probably found this more interesting than the last episode. I still don't think it's good, but this might be my favorite episode so far, just because I did not like the last episode either. But I just feel like stuff is actually happening now. Like, even even if it's not the most interesting stuff, at least, like, the plot seems to be, like, something is happening in the plot. It's not just focused mm-hmm. on the flashbacks anymore. Yeah, I, I can see that. Like, I guess I like the ep- last episode, the, the second one, because it was kind of a self-contained story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it works well as that, but like you said, it doesn't really tr- drive the plot forward. This one, I guess, does, <laughs> but yeah, still I, I mean, not really. Still, mar- like, marginally. It just felt like things were actually, you know, there were some consequences to things happening, even if they weren't the most interesting. Um, yeah, I guess I didn't realize Robert Rodriguez directed it, but that makes sense why Danny Trejo's just in this <laughs> episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, Danny Trejo's just now in this show. Because they kind of first show him from a distance. I'm like, is that Danny Trejo? Yeah, well, I thought it was just going to be like, a, I saw him. I'm like, oh, that's just a cameo. You know, Robert Rodriguez, he and they team up. I think Danny Trejo is his uncle or something. Like, they're, I think he and Robert Rodriguez are related, but they huh. work together all the time. Um, But no, then he actually has, like, a decent amount of screen time in this episode. Hold on. They're, the scene where they, uh, he's get, the people, they're like, or this guy's like, you got to deal with these cyberpunk 2077 kids who are stealing my water. <laughs> and then he goes and he talks to them. The scene where Boba Fett talks to those, like, g- group of, I don't know, that young gang, which they look incredibly tacky. Yeah. I, that was very cringy. Like, it is so poorly edited, that dialogue sequences. The shots last, like, half a second. And I'm like, why Why are they cutting <laughs> 8 million times? Like, this dialogue is not even, like, fast pay. It's just normal. Po- one th- okay. Dialogue in this show is awful. It is mm-hmm. so clunky. Oh, my gosh. And so you have this clunky dialogue. And they are cutting every second. I swear to God. They are cutting <laughs> so many times. And it's just jarring to watch. I'm like, what are they doing? Just let them talk on yeah. screen. Just let them talk. Oh my gosh! It's like, it's like, oh my goodness. Unless there were like these insane continuity issues or things that like the acting was so bad that that was the only way that could save the edit. But I'm like, oh my goodness, this is awful. Like, it, I notably, I think good editing is stuff you don't really notice. And so when you notice the editing, that's when it's like, oh my gosh, this is bad. It's just bad. And uh, the fighting is, there's no storytelling in the fighting. It's just, I'll throw the punch. And again, it's just a bunch of cuts. And it's not, Mm -hmm. it just seems so formulaic. And it's like they made it up on the day. I don't know. It feels very cheap. It it doesn't feel very passionate or real. It doesn't. Um, I feel like you just... You got to let the stunt people do their thing and you just got to let them go for it. And the fact that this show is just so PG is just like, it's not even PG 13 at this point. It's just PG. It's like, yeah, you can't it have is. anything. <laughs> um, 
it's just like the I don't care what's going on in the fight sequence because nothing that is happening is very cool or interesting, and there's no storytelling involved. It's just like, well, we have to have a fight scene now. It's, I also just I, it's not like oh, I need to get to this thing other this. You know, it could be something as like oh, I got to get to my blaster before the other guy does, but oh, he stabbed me in the leg, so now I have to limp and or whatever. It's there's like it's just nothing. It's just oh, I'm gonna punch, and then this person's gonna come in, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna punch them, and. I'm just I don't like I don't care. Yeah, I just I from like a story perspective, I'm like that whole scene with the with the biker gang or whatever. I do not care. Like having these teens that are like augmented feels like weirdly out of place in the Star Wars universe. Like sure we have like robot arms, like obviously Luke gets one and you know you have Darth Vader who gets is like half robot, but that's more out of like necessity. That just having like augmented humans who seemingly like add robot parts to themselves just cuz it seems like something generic sci-fi just out of something else that doesn't really fit here. Yeah, because, I mean, if they're doing it and it was to their advantage, everybody would be doing it. Yeah, yeah. It just seems Um, weird that we're just now seeing this here. And it just feels like that's adapted from other successful sci-fi properties since Star Wars has come out. And I just, I don't like that choice. And also just, (laughs) they're like, water's too expensive. And then they have these expensive, like, speeder bikes. And and the guy was like, yeah, I paid a pretty penny or whatever to upgrade my eyes. I'm like, well, maybe you should save your money for water first. (laughs) That's a good point. I I was like, okay, they don't have, they're complaining about how the water's expensive, but you literally have all these luxury items, so... (laughs) And also, and he's like, it's this many credits. He's like, it's that many credits for water. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if that's a lot. I, I have no conception for yeah. how much a lot of credits is. So, yeah, it we, been like, like, we always, well, we always, I, I paid this many credits for my bike, but a cup of water is this. Like, I could have even something like that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, we always like hear about credits, but we don't have any like idea really of the economy of the Star Wars universe. Not that I necessarily need like a like a big yeah. long explanation, but it would certainly give us more context. Um God, I thought that speeder chase scene was happening in slow motion. It felt like they were going it, eight that miles was per hour. Awful. It felt so slow. I don't I did not get what it was going for like it's just everything about that chase seems so slow it seemed like you could run faster than what was happening <laughs> like, like, <I> don't know. <laughs> well and even like like they're speeding around and then the end of the chase happens and boba just like appears like he, i mean he just like flies down he could just catch up really easily like it was not going very fast despite happening on these bikes no um i guess I'm try- I have not seen Solo since it was in theaters, but I want to say Solo had a better speeder chase at the beginning or something. Like I oh, said, yeah, it's just, I there's, say- there's yeah. just no storytelling in it, too. Like, it's just like, oh, I'm running into a lot of things, and nothing's really it's happening. It's about, like, there's characters no- we don't care about. It's just the really annoying mayor, mayoral assistant guy and then uh, the the biker gang, which we've already complained about. So... It's just like, well, we need a. It would be cool if there's a speeder chase, which yes, it would be. But if there's nothing to it, if you're not having people who are actually talented at choreographing these sequences, 
then there's not really a point to them. It's just filler. And it's just like, okay, I guess. And for me, it's like, it's cool that it's Star Wars. And it's cool that you have, you know, mouse droids and, you know, uh, the little, I forget what you call them, like uh, that, uh, what, what's the the what's the little floating guy from episode one Watto you got Watto's sure. droid things <laughs> I forget what they're called but it's like, there's the little spider droid guys yeah and it's like you're going around and those things you see pop out or you know the mouse droids are chasing after the speeder it's like but you know that stuff only goes so far and we've been inundated with Star Wars so maybe if this was 2012 I would have thought that was cool but it's 2022 man that stuff, the novelty is worn off. Yeah, it doesn't fly anymore. So it's just very underwhelming. And and I think the other problem, too, is that they're just turning Boba Fett into the Mandalorian. So yeah. it just seems so redundant at this point to have the Mandalorian and Boba Fett. They're too similar to each other to really justify their own existence as of this point, I think. Um, and I think you could have just left Boba Fett... At his appearance in Mandalorian Season 2. Now, that's where I'm at now. Maybe I will change my mind by the end of the season. But I I doubt it. We're almost at, like, we're essentially almost at the halfway point with the series. And it has yet to really grip either of us. So, I don't know. Like, as much as I want to give it the benefit of the doubt for maybe, like, bringing it all together later on down the line. I just, I don't know, three episodes where like nothing is happening nothing we really care about it's a bit much out of your seven episodes i just remembered uh what my cold open was going to be for this week's episode i was telling holden i'm like i have a cold open this week but i forgot what it was but here it, just it do it right a, now we'll, we'll yeah. insert another intro right now <laughs> no i'll <laughs> <laughs> but um i was gonna say yeah holden so i'm gonna be moving into a two-bedroom apartment and uh the other bedroom is going to be for my rancor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. You had to bring that one back. That yeah, was, I know. It was, it was so good. You had to bring it back. Uh, <laughs> yes. The rancor. It's back. Um, and the rancors, they're really sweet animals, I guess. Who cares? Yeah. I don't know. Which, I mean... I don't know. I like I like animals and and shows and stuff. And you know maybe the rancor will be a, a fun pet for Boba Fett. I don't know, but it is still just it is still a big scary monster. <laughs> Not a very cute one. It's kind of ugly. I don't know. I just like there. I, I this show seems like it's it's really trying to hit all the nostalgia chords and it's not striking any of them no no um so and then the huts are like we're gonna leave because we don't want to (laughs) mess with what's going on here you should get out of here yeah it's that's just seems stupid like i don't know i mean i was kind of interested in these huts being maybe the main antagonists but now they're just gone i guess and now we're stuck with these the fish people and the the mayor and these boring characters that I don't care about. I still think the Wookiee guy is pretty cool. He's cool. I don't know. He's but just, uh, a, just a Wookiee. He's just a really big Wookiee-looking guy. They yeah. haven't really done anything that cool with him yet. 
Um, yeah, I like how I like how the Wookiee comes to like kill Boba Fett, and then the Huts just show up and are like, "Yeah, sorry, we tried to kill you." <laughs> and, and Boba Fett, bene- benevolent Boba Fett that he's been in this show is just like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." I just I don't we'll, we'll I don't buy you. I don't buy good Boba Fett. No, like I don't we either. didn't see the transformation again, and, and this is a thing where it's like. He should like him being the crime lord should be the end of the first season. Like I just, it seems like we skipped a whole season of a show to get to the point where we're at now. So there just seems like to be a, a disconnect here. I'm just at the point where I really hope they don't make any more than this season. I don't. I would rather them put their Star Wars resources somewhere else. I do too. I hope this is a uh, this book is only however many chapters are in this season, especially if it was like, especially if um, we would have gotten Mandalorian this year, and we have to wait an extra year for that. Yeah, I don't want this over the Mandalorian. Just give me Ewan McGregor already. Yeah, give me uh, give me Ewan McGregor. So I can just put it in my uh, runner-ups for top anticipated stuff for the year. Your honorable mentions. Yeah, honorable mentions. Um, my dad thought it was really say? funny how angry he got at me last week for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, I stand by my anger towards you. <laughs> um, anything else to say before we give our ratings, I guess? Um... No, I think we're good. I'm going to go five just because it's just another thing that exists in the world of <laughs> entertainment. This is true. Uh, I'll go six. I think I think just because I slightly liked it more than the other episodes, but it was really only for the one reason I gave. Like it, I don't even think the plot is that engaging. It just actually feels like maybe something is happening now, which is better than the last two. So, yeah, I think I'll go six. Can't wait for next week. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. All right, Holden, let's talk about Scream. All right, Jimmy. Scream 2022. First new release of the year that we've seen. And... Um, this is the f- technically fifth film in the Scream franchise. Uh, we've both seen the first one. Jimmy does not remember the first one, <laughs> like, at all. Um, and Even though it was only a few years ago that I watched it. Yeah. Um, I rewatched the first one over Halloween, and then in the week leading up to this movie, I watched the other sequels. Um so we've got two different perspectives one who knows everything about scream and one who knows nothing about scream <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. um but yeah this is uh kind of the their answer to like the halloween 2018 the the candy man 2021 all these movies that are kind of like soft reboots in a way of of their respective franchises um i guess premise uh it's like 
however many years since the first movie it's been in real life it has also been in the in the realm of the movie i don't it's 20 something years 25 I years i think i think the original scream was like 96 so okay yeah, you're pro- yeah so 25 years been 25 years since the original film uh then there's some new killings happening and they might be connected to the original cast perhaps probably because that's how it is in all of these movies but that's kind of the joke too um so we got some we got returning cast members new cast members trying to solve this new mystery yeah that's what i'll go with yeah it's just a commentary on the whole reboot sequel they refer to it as their requel Mm. meta humor that all the scream movies have you know yep um it's in terms of that and the meta humor and uh um commentary on the whole idea of the requel i think it is way better than something like matrix or resurrections for instance <laughs> no kidding that's what we uh we mentioned that at the end is it's just it's like it's not subtle because like all these scream movies they always have a scene where like the the characters sit down and they like discuss like film tropes and stuff and that's certainly in this movie too um but it's just handled a lot better it's not as annoying about it because it's just like it's just doing it the way scream has always done it yeah and it knows what it is and it and, and it understands that no this is not the best movie ever but it's yeah. not trying to be. It's just trying to be a good, solid entry to the Scream franchise. And I think it really is one, honestly. Yeah. As someone who doesn't remember anything about Scream, I thought it encapsulated the Scream kind of idea well in a way that was entertaining and a good time at the movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of surprised since this was kind of being dumped in January. Although I wouldn't even say dumped at this point. This is like really the only big release this month. So it kind of has free reign aside from whatever Spider-Man and them uh, managed to keep from December. Um, But yeah, I think this movie was really, really good. And I think it's this is the first movie that's not directed by Wes Craven who passed away, I think in 2014, but I think it keeps the style very like accurate. It's, I couldn't, I didn't know before this movie until I went home and looked, but it's the directors of ready or not, which came out a year or two ago. Yeah. I Um, never did see that. I heard it was quite good. Yeah. It was very entertaining. I honestly, if, if I had known that, going into this i probably would have been more even more hopeful because i think they're kind of the perfect picks for this because that movie is also it's not as meta but it's certainly doesn't take itself too seriously um there's some there's some good funny bits in that movie um but yeah i guess getting into what we liked the the meta commentary don't want to spoil many of the jokes we'll do that in spoilers <laughs> as but we I, do i think one of the great kind of pieces of commentary that i like is that horror really has transcended this last mm-hmm. decade it has been phenomenal for horror i think it's been i mean outside of the horror circles it's been underappreciated how good horror movies have been and this kind of renaissance that we've had and i think it does a really good job of 
like naming that and saying, you know, stab is just this, you know, because stab is scream in the scream universe. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Like, oh, these stab movies, it's like, you know, they're slashers, whatever. They're Halloween. They're, you know, popcorn horror movies. But now it's like, you know, the Babadook and Hereditary the and the witch. And because you, you have all these auteur directors taking their stab at the horror genre. And, uh, <laughs> And and they're really good movies. And 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 this movie is like, yeah, they are really good movies. Here's another thing of, of about horror, and I just liked how it acknowledged that you know, Scream isn't the witch. It's yeah, not trying yeah. to be the witch. It's trying to just stay in its own lane and be the best version of what it is. And I I like how it could say you know, good horror can be, you know, the Babadook, but it can also be Scream. So I, yeah, I thought that was yeah. really well done, and it, they, the way they did it was comical and entertaining. I thought the opening scene, which they show quite a bit of in the trailer, I think they do a good job of kind of, uh, even though the trailer gives away certain beats of it, I still felt the suspense of that, and I, the way it played out in the actual movie was re- phenomenal, I thought. I thought that was like yeah. an I mean, excellent sequence. We didn't really get a ton of like the actual conversation from that scene, you know, uh, that usually happens. Um, which also, slight aside, Roger Jackson's voice as Ghostface is so good. Like he he's the voice of Ghostface in all of the movies, and it's just so like it's like kind of creepy, but it's also just like a weirdly soothing voice. It's like kind of comforting, but that's kind of the point until he gets angry. It's it's such a good voice. Yeah, it's almost like he should be on the radio on like NPR, like "Welcome back to NPR's mm-hmm. new Hour of Jazz," you know. But instead, it's "Do you think I made it into the house?" You know, it's yeah. like that sort of thing. It turns into that, and I just love the way it played out at the beginning. It was suspenseful. I thought the the cinematography, the way the camera moved in this movie, was excellent. They they were almost. Um, jokes they they like toyed with the whole tropes there's like a sequence when you like this person keeps opening doors and like you have the trope of when they close the door something's was, gonna be there that and was they do really that, like, funny they do that a bunch of different times and um well, that in that and sequence um, it's great there's a lot of extended takes that are, are really well done i think there's that that uh that's even um I think an extension of a joke from Scream 4. I think they they make a they like make fun of that trope of like oh, like someone's looking in the fridge and then they close it and it's like a fake jump scare but it's their friend or something just standing behind the fridge or something. And they so that's kind of plays with that quite a bit. Yeah, but um, I remember you and I both laughed at that cuz it was just so drawn out and ridiculous. There were other there were a couple other times where I, in the background I would notice some sort of like tall black element with some like white element at the top to kind of make <laughs> you like subconsciously oh there's going to be they're going to replace that with ghost face at some time and then they just don't <laughs> um I just thought that like just all those little sprinkles of kind of meta humor that you may not even pick up on really yeah. the first time watching I thought were 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 nicely done I just enjoyed it and I I thought the whole whodunit aspect of it was fun. It wasn't obvious. They kind of, you know, they really play with your psyche. Like, they'll say things, and it's like, I told you it was this, but maybe it isn't actually that. Maybe it's a misdirect, and you Mm -hmm. really aren't sure. I would say, you know, 
in terms of this movie, it's like, well, is, is there one killer? Well, no, no, there's always two killers in a Scream movie, so it's got to be two killers. But is it actually two killers? Is it, you know, is it going to be this person? And is it going to be that person? And they, 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 they do a really good job at messing with your brain enough that it's not obvious who it is. Yeah. And I wasn't necessarily entirely surprised by, you know, who Ghostface ended up being. But it was like, I wasn't entirely sure that Ghostface was who they revealed it to be, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah no, I, uh, it kind of, like, as the movie, like, neared the climax, obviously, you know, people are dying, and so you're narrowing it down. I was like, I think I know. Um, but it still, it took me a little bit by surprise just because there were so many, like, <laughs> like miss, like, redirects and, like, and everything, and... Yeah, I don't know. I liked, I, I obviously, without spoiling, I liked who it ended up being. Yeah, I do too. And it, it, there's plot holes and stuff in this, but who? It, that that's like yeah. almost part of the fun. There, it, like it doesn't it doesn't yeah. make sense. That's why it's fun. There's plot holes. Like every scream movie, the killers always just have like like in like weird motives that like don't make any sense really, and like or at least aren't founded in any really like our reality. And their plans are always ridiculous and don't make sense. <laughs> like that's pretty par for the course. Um, but I I just had a good time with this. It was just like such a good popcorn movie experience in the way that um, Halloween twenty eighteen was for me. I don't know if that mm-hmm. has held up since then, but you know the kills are good. All the horror yeah. sequences are just good the whole whodunit aspect of it is just fun to try to figure it out the meta commentary is there it's funny it hits well i think it maybe is overcrowded i would say maybe is my biggest issue with it i thought you didn't need as many characters as you had Um, although i what i will say about i was kind of surprised like the characters are actually like pretty good even the new characters like i think in a lot of these horror movies when you especially when you focus on a group of teens they they'll either fall into stereotypes which scream makes fun of but um or they'll just be really annoying and one-dimensional and sure not all of these characters are fully fleshed out but you also don't hate seeing them on screen which i think is an achievement in and of itself like i think it's a good group they got yeah and And i'm I mean, the legacy characters were fun, too, and they talk about how you need to bring the legacy characters back, but it's got to seem like there are stakes, you know? So it's like all these different things play out, and they talk about that, and it's very aware of those tropes. Um, You know, obviously, the the legacy characters are going to mean more to you than me, who doesn't remember anything, but uh, I had fun, and I thought they had a good good impact on the movie, even though, um, uh, what's her name, Sydney, what's her name? Sydney Prescott. Ma- Sydney Prescott. She's not in the movie a bunch. No. Well, neither really is Gail. I mean, Dewey, I think, probably gets the most screen time out of all three of them, um, which he's good. Um, but it's just kind of surprised that the other two didn't really. But I don't think they needed more? No. I think, it, yeah, I think that just kind of feeds into my previous compliment about the, the the new cast was strong and didn't really feel like they needed to bring back the legacy characters to save it too much. And um, though this was not an entirely necessary entry into the Scream franchise, I thought it 
was good and it it had you know there was commentary to be made about the requill mm-hmm. and you know even with the title being screamed just scream <laughs> not scream five is is in of itself you know a meta commentary on it of how they just you know if you just pretend the sequels aren't there or whatever you can just do that and i think because that is a trend we're seeing in in hollywood so yeah i, I mean that's funny. they they make fun of it i mean they make fun of it in the movie when they say like stab eight should have just been s- instead of stab it should the b should be replaced with the eight or whatever <laughs> something like that it was pretty funny but there's yeah. a lot of like uh yeah i guess we could talk about it certain specific commentaries in spoilers yeah um anything else to say non-spoiler wise holden um i don't think so i think this is just like very very solid i would argue this might be controversial but i think the 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 one thing i like about this more than the other ones is i just really like the kills in this i think they're very entertaining and while they're good in the other movies there's certainly some good ones like the classic uh uh garage door like crushing the person in the garage door in the first movie which is really good but i i just think that was very entertaining in this movie um but I think Wes Craven, I think the legacy was passed on really well, honestly. Yeah. I could worried, go for another one of these. Yeah, same. Um, I'm going to give it an, an 8 out of 10. I think it was just a solid time at the movies. It was great for what it was. Yeah, I think I'll go 8 too. I think this is... this. I, I'm tempted to call this my second favorite Scream movie. It's, it's right with 2. I don't know. I like 2 a lot as well. We'll see. Um, Personally, it's my favorite movie of the year so far. So, <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for one of us to make that joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you like horror movies, if you are any fan of that, if you think the idea of Scream is even entertaining, even if you haven't even seen the first one, you should probably go see the first one first. But mm-hmm. even if you haven't, you don't need to. Just go watch this. Have a good time. Yeah. If Jimmy liked it without really remembering anything about the first one, I'm sure you can too. Yeah. All right, Holden. Let's uh let's dive into spoilers. All right. I'm really I like came so close in the non-spoilers even though like <laughs> it is a spoiler. I came so close to mentioning that the main character is the daughter of the vill- one of the villains from the original movie. And it, I oh, think yeah. from I think that was just reflexive because it's like it's a reveal that happens pretty early on. Like mm-hmm. it's not it's not something that's kept towards the end of the movie or anything. So I it's like when you're watching the movie it's just happens early, but it yeah, if you just have watched the trailers, that's not something you'd know. No. Um and uh yeah, so that's like the connection is she the villain? They maybe the toy with the idea of maybe the main character is the killer the whole time, which would be an interesting scream concept to do. I don't know if they've done that in any of the the sequels. Well, but, I um, mean the, I mean in the other four movies, really, it's just been Sydney Prescott has been the main character, so oh, not so. Re- not really. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, some of the meta commentary, like, <laughs> which is like, I still prefer the Babadook at the end. <laughs> I thought that was good. You know, we got uh, what's this? Jack Quaid, I think, is the actor's name. It, yep. Huey from Huey. The Boys. Huey's Huey from The Boys. He's the love interest. 
He is one of the two killers along with Amber. I was about 80% sure Amber was one of them yeah. throughout most of the movie just because I was like, you know, was her phone. So she could have easily done that. There's usually two killers. So they could have recorded that footage and, you know, that's how she could have been in the house and one of them is outside and all that stuff. Just those little things. Yeah, especially regards to the phone, like they mentioned that the the Ghostface like cloned her phone, but they don't really like explore that too much. It's just kind of like brought up once or twice and then dropped. So I'm like, uh, okay, could just be a lie. Um, and then they and then of course Jack Quaid Huey from the Boys is the other killer. I was about I was fifty fifty on him because they do say never trust the love interest but i'm like is that just a misdirect or is that going to be the i told you not to trust anybody yeah Dr. Jones, well, sort of thing in a movie like scream thing. in a movie like scream that's just like well they told me not they told me not to trust the love interest so maybe he's not because they're trying to make me think that but then also they're trying to maybe subvert my expectations so then they're just giving it away <laughs> like it's it's really hard to tell in a movie like this like other other more conventional thriller movies it might just make it more obvious but yeah. um yeah which i the it was just fun that they the the writers knew that we were going to be playing that chess in our head when yeah. they said that so it's <laughs> like they're just toying with us and that was part of the fun um, so for him to turn out being one of the the killers, yeah, no, I was I wasn't like shocked by either one, but I was like I didn't know, I wasn't certain. It wasn't like Spiral when I'm like, well, that person is just definitely the killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, um, and I kind of liked I I thought their motivation it was like it worked well for like the modern movie context because it was essentially just like toxic fandoms like Mm -hmm. that don't like where the movie franchises are going so they want to they think they can do it better and it's that personified but i think this is like the perfect franchise to do that with because like yeah there's people that don't like three very much but it's not a franchise that people are like up in arms that they think is like destroyed or anything so it's not like directly making fun of the film's audience or anything. No, but and and it's but. poking fun at other audience members, like you know, uh, just like you know, we love the original. Why does everybody like make fun of us that we love it so much and that we just care about it? And why is that a bad thing? How can that be a bad thing? But they're you know, it's like you're literally killing people. <laughs> so yes, it can be a bad thing. Um, I just I thought that was a really good commentary. Um. It's not something we didn't yeah. already know, but the way they they played it out in the film, I think, was creative. Um, I they they had some Last Jedi commentary in there yeah, with like did. Stab Eight, and I was like, "Wow, haven't heard any Last Jedi commentary in a couple of years." Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like they were making fun of the movie or saying it was the best movie ever. It was more of just making fun of the fandoms of yeah, of making fun Wars. of people for being so like passionate about both sides yeah yeah um but uh and then they also like we're gonna do the smart thing we're gonna get the heck out of here (laughs) um i liked how they said that and uh yeah i guess the one part that doesn't make sense is like jack quaid is totally like uh 
let's get out of here. Let's not stop at this house. But they're like, we need to stop at the house. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's true. Although he did hide the inhaler. So he had the inhaler the whole time. Oh, yeah. So, so it's part of that whole contrived plan that doesn't make any sense. But who cares? <laughs> um, the whole I like the scene where they're in the basement together. It's is it Amber and the expert are in the basement together? Yeah, yeah. The no, no, no. The it's twin. the expert. It's the expert and the um, the girlfriend of like the jock character. No, no. I think it is Amber and it's Amber and the twin. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I don't think so. I don't think Amber is down there during that time. I think it's the expert girl and the. Who's the twin? Who? What? Who's the, the twin? Oh yeah, is the twin. Also the expert. The twin is the expert, and then it was the the girlfriend player of the jock. I'm pretty sure because I like she's like you shouldn't come down here by yourself, and she's like, what if I'm the killer? And didn't you think I was too boring to be the killer and all that? I don't remember. It was a good scene. You might be thinking of a different part. <laughs> I'm I'm like ninety percent sure it's it's those two, but I, I maybe I'm wrong. It was Only a good scene at once. Good scene. Yeah. And then, and then he's like, "I'm gonna go grab a beer from the basement." I'm like, "Why would you do that?" <laughs> I'll be right well, and I back. Like how, and I mean, like, obviously ah. he's one, obviously he's one of the killers, but like, I like how he goes down and then he just comes back up and he's just fine. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like we don't even follow. It, it's not even a scene of him going down there. We don't even see it. He just comes back up. He also just gets shot in the leg. That was yeah. Good. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I just had a fun time. I'm trying to think of other specific scenes. Um, I thought the whole sequence uh, with the sheriff and her son, I think those were two good kills. Yeah. That whole, that whole sequence was fun. Like I said, the opening sequence was really fun with like the trivia aspect of it. And she's like, <laughs> I don't know. I just like the Babadook and Hereditary and all that <laughs> elevated horror. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I yeah. when when they had said they were making this movie, I was like, well, the big trend right now is movies like those. I'm like, I don't know how Scream would do that without, I don't know, like just sacrificing any sort of realism. Um, but I'm glad they kind of instead they just kind of reference it and poke fun at it, and instead of straight up satirizing it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think other moments. We have the death of Dewey. Yeah. Where she's like, you got to shoot him in the head. As soon as he said that, I was like, well, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was kind of sad about that. He's probably my favorite of the reoccurring characters. So I would say sad. so, too. Yeah. But, alas, at least he went out on a high note. He was He was good in this movie, and... I, I honestly when he was in the hospital and that was all happening and I was like oh yeah well he kind of reconciled with Gail so I guess I guess he's probably gonna die here yeah he well and, when he uh, first got in the elevator I was surprised I was like he survived yeah I was like oh no you gotta shoot him in the head I'm like well he's gone he and um the he and Courtney Cox actress who plays Gail they they were married in real life and then they have since gotten divorced so I don't know if that's that whole like relationship is just supposed to be reflection re- reflecting of how uh, their relationship was I don't know huh that's interesting um anything else left to say Holden 
the spoiler wise here for Scream? Anything left unsaid? Um, I don't really think so. I mean, I I kind of liked uh, the main character going crazy at the end, just stabbing <laughs> stabbing Huey a bunch. That was kind of oh, yeah. fun. It um, was kind of weird how they played her dad who killed a bunch of people almost as like a positive influence. That was a little weird. I thought, that was a little weird. I Yeah, I guess I didn't totally get that. She was pretty good in the movie overall. Her and her, her sister especially, um, Tara, I think, she was probably like my favorite performance in the, in the movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought when they tried to develop them so much and it got so dramatic at the beginning, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work for me, but they toned it down after that and I thought it was better from there on. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I think I should have said this probably in, in non-spoilers, but I think one of the things I just like about it is how it it doesn't really slow down too much. Like if the slower bits are at the beginning as you would probably expect, but at at a certain point it's just like there's it seems like there's a kill every 10 minutes or every 15 minutes or so. There's quite a bit happening. Yeah, Didn't and really actually boring. A few people survive too. Like the expert survives, mm-hmm. her other twin survives, the jock, um, Gail, the main and, character, and her sister yeah. survive. Yeah, Gail and Sydney survive. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'd go for another one of these. I would too. A few years. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, until try then. to find a new horror trend to pick pick fun at. All of them have made fun. Of, each one of them has had something new to make fun of. So yeah, sweet Holden. Is that is are we calling it a conversation? I think we're calling it, yeah. All right, we're calling it, Holden. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, so this week, I think I only watched one movie, um, and honestly, I didn't remember that I had watched it this week. I thought maybe it had been last week, but I don't remember talking about it. So uh, it must have been just been early on. Um, I watched Police Story. Um, I don't, have you heard of Police Story? I don't believe so. It doesn't ring a bell for me. Okay. I think it's, I believe it's Hong Kong. It's a Hong Kong action film from the late 80s, but it's like, it was Jackie Chan's like. No, big, I've, I've heard of this. Yeah. No, I yeah. have heard of this. Yeah, it was his like big breakthrough in the U.S. Kind of what got him on the map for for a lot of people. It is an insane movie. <laughs> like this, I I am not like obviously I know the name Jackie Chan. I know that he was in a bunch of like not very good American family comedies in the early two thousands. But I just wasn't like, and I knew he was a stunt man, but just not very familiar with that part of his work. Um. But this was an insane movie. He directed it and starred in it. And just some of the stunts in this are... (laughs) I don't know how to... I also don't want to spoil any of them for anyone listening who wants to watch this movie. They are just crazy and insanely dangerous. And he does it mostly himself. He has a whole crew, too, that'll do it with him. But I just... The the man is is a legend for a reason. (laughs) The movie isn't that long too and it's it's a very very simple story just that is able to you know bring the action and stunts to the forefront he's you know very good fighting martial arts all of that too it's it is a crazy movie though and um 
Apparently the sequel's pretty good too, so I might watch that. Oh, and the other thing about it is that it's very funny. Like, I mean, Jackie Chan is a funny guy, as we know, but his physical comedy in this is so His good. physical comedy's great. Um, yeah, I'm sure I've seen parts of it in uh, the Corridor Crew Studman React videos. That's where I've heard it yeah. from. But uh, did you watch it on anything, or did you just rent it? Or It's on HBO Max. It is. Interesting. It doesn't... It, yeah. It's not popping up on here but, i think uh, it are you sure i think it is i don't know i don't know i could be wrong um maybe it got taken off somehow since i since i watched it that's where i watched it though um but yeah i highly recommend that movie it's it was just a insane time um and in terms of tv um euphoria season premiere was really good a lot happened in that um i've been watching re-watching fargo with my roommate and their boyfriend um very good we just finished season one season one is so good now we're, we started season two um which is good so far um Yeah, and I guess I aside from that I haven't really been watching anything. I've been the reason I haven't watched more movies is because I've just been obsessed with playing Kingdom Hearts. I just I've gotten so <laughs> into this game. That's like what I've spent a lot of this week doing in my free time. Um just I love that action RPG gameplay that I first discovered at that Final Fantasy 7 remake. It's just, it's just so satisfying to me. And Kingdom Hearts was like the first one to do that i think on the ps2 um and so it's it is rougher but it, it's still very similar um yeah i'm pretty close to the end of that game at this point i think that's pretty much it from me though jimmy what about you what have you been doing um tv show wise have been continuing on with succession um through most of season two now i think i have three or four three episodes left i want to say um very good uh, i think uh I, people just seem to say that it gets better and better so i'm excited for that uh i watched the movie bully holden the movie oh yeah i haven't watched that yet i'm gonna watch it tonight but i think we can say now that we are gonna be guest starring on a podcast this week yeah called yeah back we will, we will back be lot dis- 605 b-a-c-k-l-o-t six zero five a local podcast in south dakota where we are from they invited <laughs> us to review they're doing a true crime true true crime series they had invited us to watch this movie from 2001 called bully i had never heard of it before it is a pretty <laughs> interesting movie and the real story is pretty interesting as well i uh i would not recommend it to everybody um if you are not comfortable with nudity, I would not recommend it uh, because it is it is Game of Thrones season one level <laughs> at, <laughs> at a minimum, I would say. I don't think there is a 10-minute chunk of the movie where someone is not naked. Um, so, Holden, I'm, it's on HBO Max. Holden, I'm interested it in is. your thoughts on that. It's on and HBO Max? It is. Oh, awesome. I was planning on renting it tonight because I still need to watch it. And uh, fantastic! We are going to be guest starring on this podcast tomorrow as of recording this. So, look for that backlot six zero five B A C K L O T 
605 uh next week you know probably when that comes out so that'll be cool yeah i'll be cool. really excited for that um, um yeah otherwise i have not been playing any games i i it's just hard to play death loop when i don't like you know it, it's a game that you kind of have to commit a solid chunk of time to doing to progress with anything sure um because it yeah so i i just haven't been able to play it unfortunately but yeah cool that's it for me holden you can you can take us home all right so in addition to our guest appearance on backlot 605 check us out there uh we'll be doing next week we'll be doing our a review of the boba fett the book of boba fett the boba fett uh the book of boba fett episode chapter four whatever probably won't like it um (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna review the tragedy of macbeth because uh, that's on Apple TV Plus, uh, and so I'm going to go over to Jimmy's and we're going to watch it on his nice big TV. Oh yeah, you can Very come over too if that. you want, listener. Yeah, come on over. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty. We're oh, in regards to Peacemaker, so I on like I thought Peacemaker was coming out this next week, and so Jimmy texted me, and it com- completely caught me off guard. Um, but it is the first three episodes are out on HBO Max. We're either going to review it all at the end, or we're going to play a little bit of catch up in a, w- a couple weeks or so. Um, or because Jimmy's busier than I am, so he he just kind of has to watch the episodes. I'm I've, I'm two episodes in so far. I just have the third one to watch. Uh, yeah, they just they just dumped three of them at once too. That made it yeah. difficult. So yeah, we, no. we, we were planning on doing Tragedy of Macbeth next week anyway, plus um, Book of Boba Fett, and we decided four episodes of Peacemaker into that too would just be a really loaded episode. But we do have a gap week when Morbius was supposed to come out in a couple weeks, so we might catch up and talk about episodes one through five or something there and, and then yeah. talk about, is there are there six episodes maybe? Whatever. Something like that. We, we might catch <laughs> up and then talk week to week until the finale. Yeah. Uh, briefly, I will say I enjoy it. That's better than better than Book a of lot Boba. better than Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. much more excited to watch this week to week than I am to watch Bo- Book of Boba Fett. So, in terms that. of uh, active series in which a the protagonist is running around with a metal helmet, mm-hmm. Peacemaker is the superior one. It is. On. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very right. Very correct. <laughs> All right, Holden. What else? Uh, well, I think, yeah, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tompodcast uh, tomp at gmail.com or by le- uh, donating to our Patreon. Um, I think that's it, Jimmy. Sweet, Holden. We will talk to you next week. Yeah. Adios, pantalones. Love you.